This episode of the NAS podcast is sponsored by Seattle Restored. Seattle Restored is actually the reason why I'm in NAS Studios in the first place. They partner with local artists and entrepreneurs to create pop-up shops, artist installations, artist residencies, and community events. Visit seattlerestored.org for more info on locations and upcoming events. Are you ready to take your podcast to the next level? Then look no further than NAS Studios located in Seattle's Pioneer Square. Hi, I'm Blake. I'm the owner, in-house producer, and editor. We've got three cameras to capture every moment and can host up to eight mics, ensuring your podcast looks and sounds professional. We've got affordable pricing for podcasters at all levels. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.nastudios.com. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the first episode in the series with Seattle Restored participants. Today, I'm with Yolanda. She runs Yolanda's Art Gallery. Yes, indeed. And uh, I met you at um, the, what is that, like Building Above the Good Bar? Yeah, it was like is. in Pioneer Square. Yeah. And you had tea. And I was like, yes. oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's before I knew I was getting an actual space. Yeah. So that was that was super cool. And that was back in summertime yeah it was like springy spring going into summer of last year yeah yeah and so you're originally from uh colorado and then you moved to eastern washington and that's where like your childhood is kind of from right yeah how did you get involved with art because you're a visual artist you're a painter what's the word now because like everyone says like they're an artist and that can mean they're a musician yeah i just i call myself a visual artist okay um and yeah, I was born in Denver um, back in the 80s, um, moved to Washington when I was like five. Okay. And I grew up in Yakima. And for as long as I can remember, I've been drawing. Mm. And in like fourth, fifth grade, I would draw like SpongeBob or like yes. one of my classmates' favorites was like the Bad Boy logo, the Bad Boy Records logo. Yeah, and yeah. They would have me draw it, and I'd be like, "All right, do you want color or black and white?" <laughs> and it was three dollars for color, okay, and one dollar for black and white. And yeah, so fourth, fifth grade, I was just slinging cartoon drawings, wow. and yeah, I kind of got away from it for a little bit, mm. and. 2020 happened to everyone and I was stuck in the house like everyone and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try some paints and see. Oh, so it's a recenter thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I picked up drawing again in like 2016 and was just kind of like had a sketchbook. But mm-hmm. 2020, I was like, oh, I want to do something different. So ordered some paints off Amazon, some little $5 like little tubes. Yeah. And like in case I mess this up, I don't want to spend too much money on it. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just never stopped. That's funny cuz I um I started my podcast in like 2019 right before COVID, so oh. I'm able to say I'm not one of those COVID podcasters. Yeah. You know, but that's interesting that like so you had that passion and then I guess COVID whether people wanted it or not kind of gave them time to reevaluate certain things in their lives and what they actually like to do and care about, et cetera, their priorities. And maybe art was like one of those priorities for you. Yeah. It kind of came full circle. Well, before my art life, I was like in the healthcare field and then Mm. I worked at a bank and I got robbed and then I got fired. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. I didn't get fired because I got robbed, but I, I got robbed like a few months before I got fired and then COVID happened. We like robbed at the bank. Yes. What? Okay. Was it like, 
in like a Seattle thing or was um, it was or? it was in Seattle area. What? Yeah, and it, he was very nice. It was weird. Um, he had a note in a fake Russian accent, and was like, "Give me all the money," and he got away with like ten grand. Oh they caught gosh. him like three days later, uh, but it was an experience. I got to meet like the FBI and stuff. Like, wow. yeah, I've had a life. But once I left that job, um, yeah, art just kind of like kept mm. poking at me, and I was like, okay, now I don't have anything but time on my hands. So, yeah, yeah here that's we are. a wild story, though. I wonder, like, that can't be that. Co- like everyone knows about bank robberies, but I feel like that's just not a common thing anymore. It's not, and it's not like the movies. Yeah. It's not. Inside Man or whatever that Denzel Washington movie was. It wasn't that. Like, it was very quiet. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he walked in, I was like, oh, man, I'm about to get robbed. Like, I just knew. Uh, Yeah. And I got in trouble for, like, back-talking him. I wasn't (laughs) supposed to, like, talk back to him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's an experience, though. Yeah. And then what did you do in the healthcare industry? Um, I started as a CNA. Okay. Um, I did all my prereqs to be an RN. And I would have like this reoccurring dream for like three years of me being lost in a hospital. Mm. And then I couldn't find my way out. So I would end up jumping out of a window. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I don't want to be a nurse. I don't yeah. know. So I quit that. And then I moved into the lab um, field of it. Mm-hmm. So I just actually graduated this year um, with my lab tech degree. Congrats. Thank you. I haven't stepped foot in a lab. I've been painting. But (laughs) it's kind of like, okay, maybe that can be plan B. Mm -hmm. And art can be plan A instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Dang, you remind me of, uh, oh my gosh, what's her name? I had her on my show. It's not Artemis. Um, is it Aramis? Aramis. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know her yet, but I follow her and I fan out. She has a f- similar journey to you. Like really? She was in the medical field, too. And then she was able to, like, tr- slowly transition her art into her full-time yeah. thing. Yeah. Aramis hit me up. Yes. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, she did, like, the one of the Black Lives Matter letters in Capitol Yeah, I've been following her since around 2020. Okay. I think she really started popping in 2022. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, that, she's so dope. So how'd you end up in Seattle from Eastern Washington? Um, I had always wanted to move over here. Like I was, so being born in Denver, I was kind of used to being, well, not used to, but kind of experience a bigger city. And then growing up in Yakima, it just felt like a tuna can or something. For sure. Like it was just so small. I just think of Yakima as like a camping place. I don't really think people live there, but I guess. Yeah, there's people there. (laughs) And you can literally like drive around the whole city in like 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. And they got, I feel there's two Walmarts now. Wow. Um, moving on up in the world. Yeah, they just got Uber like a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, it was just really small. Um, but my mom wanted to get us out of the city because mm-hmm. um, I have an older brother and okay. she just wanted to raise us kind of in a smaller, more controlled environment, um, mm-hmm. being a single parent and wanting to be able to keep easier tabs on us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I moved over here about 11 years ago, just okay. moved over and was like, yeah, I'm just going to live in the city now. How was that? Because I guess you weren't an artist moving to the city versus no. like artists can't even like. Yeah. <laughs> can't move here and just be like, hey, y'all, I'm on the scene. No, yeah. it was um, it was tough at first, mm-hmm. but I did have some family over here. Okay. So I had a mini support system and um, my mom was able to move over a oh, few nice. years ago. 
So yeah, I moved here, met my husband, okay, and just been yeah living ever since. Nice. So like living in growing up in like Yakima area, where was there any culture really there, or is like um, moving to Seattle? I guess like there's culture, but you have to yeah. find it. You know, so yeah. I wonder what that move was like. It's a little more. I'll say it's a little more diversified here. Okay. Um, as far as being able to immerse yourself in multiple cultures mm -hmm. in Yakima, um, we have a very heavy like Hispanic culture. So mm -hmm. I kind of grew up immersed in that, um, learning Spanish and oh, nice. like loving the food and everything about it is is cool. But over here, it's just a little more diversified. So mm -hmm. that was kind of cool. Um, and it helps in my art because I like to express my own culture. Mm -hmm. So being able to kind of see how immersed people here are mm -hmm. and how proud they are of their cultures versus it being kind of like one dominant group. It's kind of cool to see how different people express their pride for their cultures. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like does your like does your is your husband an artist at all or he is a producer. He's a music producer. Okay. So we're both creatives in the house. Oh wow. Fighting for time to be able to do what we want to do. We have a four year old and a fifteen year old. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's like, okay, I'll let you go work on some music for a minute, but I need like a couple hours later. Like yeah. we're like bartering for time to like do things outside of stuff that has to get done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So are you, like your are your kids like creative as well then or? Um, my son, my fifteen year old, he's in the fashion. Mm. Um, he's expressed wanting to design clothes and start a clothing line. So we're trying to nice kind of support him in that. And our four year old, he just just he likes to destroy things. Uh, so he's creative in his own yeah. way. He's a disassembler. So yeah, there's <laughs> art in destruction. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So that, what's it what's it like like. So you live in the Seattle area. Yeah. What's it like being like a black family in Seattle? Um, it's actually really cool because we were living out north for, so we've been together almost nine years. Mm -hmm. um, and we were out north for most of that time. And we just moved back to the Central District. Well, he was born and raised in the Central District. Okay. So it was kind of like a homecoming for him. Nice. So he's like, oh, my son's going to go to the same school I went to. This is so cool. Um, but it's interesting because like when we're out in public um he loves to push our four-year-old in his stroller mm -hmm. like he's like I'll push him I got it and he gets a lot of looks like mm -hmm. looks of like oh wow look at a, a black dad pushing his kid yeah. and so it's kind of it's interesting but we just kind of see ourselves as like an example yeah like hey this is something that exists and is positive and yeah just we want to set a great example for not only for our own kids to be mm. able to see that and have that but um just for our friends and family to just kind of have that positive image of the black family because yeah. neither one of us had it growing yeah. up have you uh felt like the central district community like supports your art have you connected with the oh, city in that way at all definitely um I have some art actually hanging up in 23rd Ave Brewery. I okay. cannot say that word, brewery, to save my life. But, oh, yeah, over on... Um, is that the one next to that Ethiopian restaurant? It's on 23rd and Jackson near the Amazon Fresh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and they welcome me with open arms. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm trying to get 
more out in the central district community Mm -hmm. i did actually just get um accepted to commission a piece for the metropole building okay so that will be done with construction in june hopefully Mm. and it'll be like the biggest piece i've done in life so dang i'm excited but nervous at the same time it's gonna be like eight feet tall or something crazy like that but um yeah so that'll be my big like footprint in the community here okay yeah and so do you have like an art studio my kitchen table okay yeah kitchen table little kitchen counter nook area Mm -hmm. We haven't ate dinner at the table <laughs> since 2020, since oh I gosh. started. Yeah. <laughs> Had to get a new table because I got paint all over the old table. Oh so I'm gosh. like, okay, I'll get tarps this time. Yeah. This is a nice table. I don't want to ruin it. But um, hopefully one day I will be able to afford some time to go to a studio and yeah. the space. Yeah. So like break down how this was able to like, so in like your bio, you've been able to turn this into like a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. How did that start from like 2020 till now? Um, did you start going to like art fairs or whatever? Yeah, or? I have a good friend that I actually went to high school with. Right. And um, back in the day, we did a little music and stuff. But oh, um, You did music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 that was my past life. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I found a new way to express myself. Yeah, yeah. And now I live vicariously through my husband. So. Yeah, he might need some background vocals. Yeah. Oh, a lot of the artists he pushes beats to, I'm like, oh, I hear so-and-so on that. Yeah. And so they're like, thanks for telling Antoine to send me this. Yeah. So I'm like, you're welcome. Heck so yeah. yeah, I just shifted my role. But <laughs> um, no, a good friend of mine, he actually, the first market, well, really the first big event I did was a Juneteenth event out in Marysville. Okay. And that was in 2021. Nice. And that was my very first time, like, setting up a table, like, having prints. And I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. My table was all bare naked. Like, I had, like, four prints to offer and one little original piece. And um, I got a really good reception from that. Like, I... S- I sold out there and nice. yeah, shout out to Michael Adams. He runs the uh, Change the Narrative and the Snowco um, yeah. Change the Narrative chapter. So he's really cool. But he invited me to that and I was able to connect at that event with a black owned coffee shop mm. out in Mill Creek. And so that was my first time putting my stuff up just in a public space. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of snowballed. Like, these opportunities just kept coming and coffee shops, restaurants. And then I came across the Seattle Restored program and was like, ah. Dang, how'd you come across that? Because, like, I, it was literally just the most random. My, when I was working at the studio, um, the one I interviewed Divine at. Yeah. That was literally, I interviewed Divine and that studio was, like, the size of a bathroom. Like, it was super small. But, like, I was able to, like, start making money and learn how to podcast produce in that space. But um, one of my uh, clients, Blaine, he has this podcast called the That Ain't Black Podcast, which shows, like it's that. its own thing. It's, but he's, like, this, like, original, like, Seattleite. He's in his 50s. He's lived in the, the same house his entire life in the Central District. Oh, cool. And he focuses on interviewing, like, black entrepreneurs and people in the community, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And he had Avery Barnes from Tazwira on and then... She had just gotten her space because of um, 
Seattle Restored. Yeah. And I was like, what is Seattle Restored? I need to connect with her. Yeah. And th- so, like, if Blaine hadn't had her on the show, I wouldn't even no, have, and I wasn't there producing because there were two producers at the time. Yeah. So, like, it was just c- total coincidence that that all worked out. Yeah. But, um, so for you, you just, like, came across it online or something? Yeah. Or? Just wow. scrolling on Instagram. Wow. And I was like, what is this? It was like, it wasn't even anyone's, it might have been someone's installation. I think it was someone's installation. Okay. I can't remember who it was. I want to say his name was like James or something. I don't know. I don't nice. want to butcher it, but. Shout out James or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was scrolling. It was late. It was like 1 a.m. Like I'm just in bed scrolling. I came across it. And I'm like, what is this? So I go to their page and they said they were accepting applications. And I was like, oh, and I just like pondered it for a couple days. Because at the time I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a lot of art. I don't have a portfolio really. Like I just was kind of doing little $40 commissions for people that I knew um and just creating things and just sharing them online and I was like yeah my husband's like just go for it like the worst that could happen is you just don't get in this time so I was Mm -hmm. like okay why not and yeah I applied and got accepted it was I was like whoa okay yeah I don't know (laughs) about you but I feel like I never win anything same so like when I got yeah it's crazy yeah I was like wow this is wild so I was like okay I gotta make some stuff yeah so like what made you decide to like go for like you do installations versus an actual physical space, right? Yeah. And what made you decide to go with that route versus, or I think they even do like some residency somewhere. Yeah. Um, for me, it's kind of more of a balance thing mm. with having a family. Um, it's just hard to dedicate uh, being away for any amount of time. Um, I got a high schooler, so that's a lot. Um, our four-year-old's on the spectrum, so that's a lot. And so just kind of, I'm like, I want a way to still be able to express and share, but still keep that balance of being present at home. So I, I think I found it. So with this, like, installation, like, did you come up with, like, a whole, like, idea and, like, theme for this specific one? Or are you just, like, like, how do you go about making your art? Yeah. I actually, my initial proposal, I was trying to do like this endangered animal series. I do portraits, but I have a soft spot for animals. And I started doing this whole series of endangered animals where all all the originals have sold except one. I still got a sea turtle for sale, y'all. But I wanted to be able to just like spread awareness about like, Hey, these creatures are actually like might not be here for much longer. Um, but my bread and butter is portraits, but my initial proposal was the animal series and I wasn't getting any bites off of that. Um, so in the meantime, I was participating in the markets and just showing up to events and stuff like that. So I changed my proposal to a series, a more recent series that I had completed called hair love. Mm. And it was doc. It was kind of documenting my own hair journey mm-hmm. um, to locks, which I am gonna die with this hair. Like I'm never nice. changing my hair again. Um, best hair decision ever. But being, you know, a black woman growing up, a young black girl, mm-hmm. the relationship we have with our hair is very personal and deep, and sometimes love hate. So I've been through all the phases of 
being black with my texture of hair. And so I was like, I'm going to document on in these five paintings, like the different natural hairstyles that I tried and loved on my way to figuring out, like, I'm just going to lock it. So I did five paintings of um, various black women with Afro puffs, Bantu knots, and I submitted that as my new proposal. And then within like a month, they were like, oh, yep, someone wants it. I was like, wow, that's awesome. That's all I had to do. So (laughs) do you feel like that was maybe more like true to yourself? Definitely. But there's probably some like did like what are the endangered animals? Like um, <laughs> oh yeah, so I have an elephant, which is my favorite animal. Okay. Uh, African elephant. I have a white rhino, a sea turtle, and a bumblebee. Bumblebees are going yeah. extinct. Yeah, oh, well, wow. bees are they're like threatened. I think. Okay. But I was just like, oh, like it's personal, but not as personal right. as I can be. Yeah. And I think just showing that representation, like I was at a market one time and this little girl ran up to my table and she saw one of the Bantu knot portraits I did. And she's like, my mommy does my hair like that. Nice. And I I cried. Like, I was like, oh, my God, take it. It's yours. Like, mm-hmm. just tell your mom. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was very, like, deep for me. So I was like, okay. This I wasn't think... like a white girl, right? No. <laughs> That'd no. be so funny. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. I'd be like, okay, who's your mom? <laughs> Bring her over here. I got to meet this woman. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a young little melanated girl. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's great. Because I grew up, um, my mom was a cosmetologist for, like, 30 years. Dang. Um, but I have, I have Haitian hair. Mm. So it's very coarse and to make her life easier she would permit mm. so i was started getting relaxers in my hair when i was like three Jeez. and i just grew up thinking like oh this is how i take care of my hair which is not how you take care of your yeah. hair when you have this kind of hair yeah so in my early 20s i was just like oh okay i'm not gonna do that anymore and then I just went through this, I chopped it all off and then went through this evolution of finding myself through my hair. Mm -hmm. So that shows a lot in my art. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like there's there's definitely not, especially in Seattle, there's not really a lot of places we know like how to do hair care. Yeah. Like I don't even know if I'm doing mine correctly. I'm I look to Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. I, I use pattern, right? But that's <laughs> like but I don't even know if that's the best thing I could be doing for my hair. But like I'm like, I see this lady who's like a prominent black figure and this yeah. is her brand. Yeah. But like her shit's like fifty of pop. So I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, even like like the other day I was like, you know what? I don't want to spend leave in conditioner and conditioner for like, that that'd be a hundred bucks. So I'm like, I'm just gonna get the sample kit. <laughs> yeah. And that was still like 24 bucks i'm like geez that's insane but like i don't know if that's the best thing but it's been working so far i guess yeah Yeah, if it works like that's that's the tough thing though like our hair care products are so expensive Mm -hmm. and it's like why and it's kind of disappointing that a lot of them are not even black owned yeah so yeah i was just like i'm just gonna lock it i throw olive oil in it and that's pretty much it Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's all uh, in shea butter. Mm-hmm. And it's been, what, three? I locked in 2020. So it's been three years. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So mm-hmm. when did you see that switch where you were able to, like, consistently start making, like, a profit off of your art? Ooh. So if I started painting in, like, 2020, profit started really, like, 
last year, wow. 2023. Okay. It took about three years to actually see money like that wasn't going back into expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was just me not knowing what my art was worth mm. or what to charge and also wanting everyone to be able to have it. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, yeah, you can have this print for 10 bucks or like, oh, I'll do this custom portrait for you for 50 bucks. And it mm-hmm. ca- got to a point where I had so much that I had committed to. I was like, I can't keep like yeah, being a budget artist. Here. Yeah. Because I would get that and then it would just go right back into getting paint or getting canvases or brushes or whatever. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, let me figure out a way to scale this to where it's still accessible. Mm -hmm. Because that's my main goal is for it to be accessible and to create more black art creator or collectors. Mm -hmm. Um, And just give everyone access to be able to own someone's original painting Mm -hmm. without it being like $6,000 or something. Right. So yeah, I think I found for what I would say my skill level and my career level, I think I found the sweet spot for that. Nice. And did you figure that out through like bouncing ideas off of anyone or is it literally just like trial and error? Trial and error. Dang. Yeah. Sometimes I would sell something and be like, okay, I could have went up a about 30 more percent off seller's of remorse instead of buyer's remorse yeah i had a lot of <laughs> seller's remorse and the time it takes working with someone on a portrait who wants something custom i had to start um taking deposits because mm-hmm. i completed a piece for someone um funny story so i i won't say his name but i knew him from yakima mm-hmm. he requested like a sports type piece a football helmet and I was like a brand new painter. This was like year one. Mm-hmm. And I was proud of it. I was like, okay, yeah, I think he'll like it. I showed it to him. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going a, I'm to a bring the money when I come pick it up. And I never heard from him again. Uh. So fast forward to last year, mm-hmm. I did a sports piece for Legion out in Bellevue, mm-hmm. um, Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman's restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a whole, like, it's like 20 by 30. Dang. This first one that I got flaked on was, it was like a 11 by 14. Mm-hmm. And I was charging them $45 for mm-hmm. it in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so now in 2023, I have this one at Legion and it's for sale for 2500 Nice. Um, but they liked it and they're like, yeah, we kind of want to keep it. So I was like, nice. oh, cool. It can stay. It can live there for as long as y'all want to let it live there. So, yeah, shout out to Fancy and Elevate PR Management for okay. that opportunity. It was my first, like, kind of huge thing. Yeah, and I think they've been, I think David ja- David Jackson, you know who that is? He's another podcaster. He's I've produced his show a couple times. He has a podcast called Seattle Connected, and he had Fancy on. So I know, oh, yeah. you know Fancy? Yeah, yeah, that's my baby. Um, yeah, I love me some Fancy. She's <laughs> amazing. She's giving us as emerging artists black artists putting us in spaces that we otherwise would have trouble getting into or just Mm -hmm. not we just had opening night last weekend at bainbridge museum of art nice for a black exhibit so i'm like this is a dream this is like this is great so yeah um but that sports piece was kind of like a full circle moment for me yeah yeah being like and i still have that other piece yeah yeah. i'm gonna keep it and I was just like, wow, like, 
a couple years ago, I was trying to sell this for 45 bucks and he stiffed me on it. If you didn't like it, you could have just said like, nah, I don't like it, yeah. you know? But now I have this piece that people get to see when they go into former Seahawks restaurant. So that's nice. actually pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So what is the importance of like getting art into like different shops? Like does, do those shops like, like I've seen art in like the PCC in Central District, you know, like yeah. going up the stairs. There's like a yeah. little, like do, do those stores or whatever, like buy those from people or is that so that people can see that and then they potentially buy it off the wall or how does that work? Um, as far as like stores like that, I'm not sure. Um, I've been in a couple restaurants, um, coffee shops and brewery and everyone kind of works it a little different. Mm. Um, the places that I've worked with did not charge me a commission. So I was able to just hang my stuff up. If someone wants to buy it, then they can just get it right off the wall mm. and scan my little code and pay me and it's all good. Other places will be like, oh, we'll charge 20% or we'll charge, you know, a percentage of <coughs> of your sale. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as those bigger stores, I think those are probably commissioned mm. by the store okay. and they might just kind of live there. But it's a really cool way to get your art seen. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I've loved about being able to rotate through all these different spaces and little intimate shops. And I just did a tattoo shop the day before yesterday nice. out in Kirkland. Nice. So I'm like, hey, I'm out here too now. <laughs> yeah, is there like a specific city that you haven't really tapped into that you want to get more involved with yeah. art-wise? I would love to get more involved with Tacoma. Mm. Yeah, and just kind of like bridge the gap. I know lots of amazing artists who are there doing their thing. So it's just hard for me to like get there, like get yeah. in the car and go to Tacoma. It's a, it's a trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, how do you like, how do you find out like what your demo is for like, if you're, do you specifically focus on like black culture at this point? And mm -hmm. if so, like, is, does that mean like, is it mostly like black people buying the art or are white people buying it? And if white people are buying it, is that kind of weird or et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Um, for now, it is mostly black culture and more specifically black women. Hmm. Like, I just love painting black women. I, black women are art. Heck yeah. And so it is just hard to not be like even walking down the street and being like, oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. Like. Hmm. I wish I could like sneak a photo. I can't just like <laughs> yeah. go up and ask people, can oh, I gosh. take your pictures so I can paint you later? Yeah, like yeah. I've done that online. Like I've hit people up like, hey, you're really pretty. Can I paint you? Like yeah, yeah. I'll give you a print. Like <laughs> So yeah, I just, I'm on this like this page of just wanting to give more rep representation to the beauty of black women mm -hmm. because I feel like we are the most consumed people mm. like walking around like us as who we are and just what we bring to the table our culture just not just black culture but black woman culture is just very highly consumed and underappreciated at the same time so it's kind of like we are the blueprint and everything gets taken from us and we don't really get acknowledged for you know, what we really bring to to a room. 
So that's kind of my main focus in my art is just portraying that beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said earlier, wanting to en- encourage more black art collectors. But for right now, more white people buy my art. <laughs> yeah, 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 at the moment. I'll say I'll say more white people buy originals. Mm-hmm. I sell a lot of prints to black people, which is great. Like Got as it. long as I'm in your house, like I love it. Mm-hmm. But um for as for originals, um yeah, white people love paintings of black women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how about this? Is there like how do you like show appreciation for like a print? Mm-hmm. Meaning like should you if you're gonna buy a print that's cheaper, does that mean you should go ahead and buy a more expensive frame? You know, like yeah, I've been I went frame shopping just for these, right? These are prints of my favorite. Um, this is Keith Haring. And this I, is, love I, Keith I love Haring. Keith, and I love Mickey Mouse. So like as you can see, there's lots, lots of Mickey yeah. Mouse stuff around here. But like, I didn't I didn't go like crazy on these frames, but I didn't realize how expensive frames were. Yeah, and like. So I, is there like uh yeah is there like um kind of like appreciation needed when you're buying a frame for a print potentially? For me, I am and my husband will confirm. Like he spends money. I am the one like you give me 10 bucks and be like this is all you got for a week. I will make that last for 3 weeks. <laughs> so, um for me it's more just presentation. Mm-hmm. Um if I can find a similar frame at Goodwill or mm-hmm. Something like that kind of makes it anything that makes it pop or just kind of fits it and for cheaper, then that's that's the route I usually go. Got it. Yeah. And I'll sell my prints if I'm selling a framed print. It'll be in a super cheap frame Mm -hmm. so I can keep the price low. And then if you want to like upgrade its frame, feel free to do that. Right. But yeah. And then where do you get like your materials from? Like, do you like get them from Seattle? Do you get them from online? I feel yeah. like some people have like mixed feelings about Blick. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's a little pricey in there. Yeah. Um so I use well the brand of paint I use, I use a lot of Liquitex paint. Um okay. and I just won a giveaway, so I won a hundred bucks from them. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like it's going right back to you. But um I usually or just order it offline. When yeah. I first first started, I was just buying paint from Walmart mm. and because I didn't know that it made a difference. But it does make a difference. And, but at the same time, I personally feel like you don't really have to spend a whole lot of money to get your vision out if you know like how you want to play with the paint. Right. So I was in Michael's. Yeah, I was in Michael's. And they have the paint like sectioned off like, oh, this is beginner paint. This is intermediate paint. Mm-hmm. This is professional paint. And I was just like... I've been using intermediate paint for three years yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess that's just where I live. I don't know. Like, right, right. So it's still, it's a learning journey. I'm still trying to, f- like, figure that kind of thing out. But as for right now, like, yeah, I mostly order online or, like, I am a frequent flyer at Joann's and Michael's. Heck, yeah. Um, Especially for canvases. Like, yeah, it's like there's always a sale. Like, every day there's a sale there. They're just like, come on, Yolanda, see what we got today. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. But yeah, mostly online and yeah, Joanne's Michael. Shout out to them for keeping the cost low for us yeah. starving artists out here. And have you found like an art community yet? Would you say? Oh, most definitely. I have kind of bounced around, um, and I still have contacts with other art hubs that I'm not really um, super involved in anymore. Mm-hmm. But currently, 
um, we have a group, we call ourselves the Brush Squad. Nice. And it consists of like 30, what is there, like 35 of us in this group. We have a huge like group chat on Instagram and we just like, just big each other up in there, support each other. Um, but a few of the artists I can name, um, Rodney King is in that group. Um, Janar Swanson's in that group. Myself, uh, Christina Martin, who's in Tacoma. So we're like all spread out. Um, Jessie Lipscomb, she is in that group. Um, and she's all the way out in like Snohomish or somewhere. Yeah, like yeah. we are just so spread out that, we we've built this like group but we're still able to like connect with each other even though we may not live in super close proximity but mm -hmm. when there's an art call we'll just throw it in the group hey guys i saw this you know anyone want to apply or if one of us is having an event hey i'm doing this pop-up hey this and we just show up for each other nice. so and we're constantly adding new people to the group Heck so yeah. it's not it's not a closed group it's just whoever wants to have a place to feel at home mm -hmm. yeah and what would you say that like seattle restored has like done for you have they like connected you through your community at all or has it just been like them giving you a space to put stuff up in or a little bit of both okay. um i've met a ton of talented artists just from participating in the events mm -hmm. um I met you at yeah, a Seattle yeah, Story yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at that same event, I met you at, I met Jesse Lipscomb and she's amazing. Like we like connect on so many levels. It's crazy. But um, yeah, the, I've been able to like see familiar faces at certain events, mm -hmm. even outside of the program. And then on top of that, have a space to where I can put my art up and share it with the community. Nice. So yeah, it's kind of been been both so how long is your space up for how does that work uh i installed in november okay. and we are up um until next month nice. like the first week of february okay. um we didn't get to do the extension because they're actually building out the space now okay. um we're at mason and main right on 12th and boren i think yeah okay um so, yeah, we got another, like, three weeks in there. And what does that mean? Like, so do people just, are they just able to look at it, or they can, they, can they buy it? And if someone buys it, does that mean your installation can end early, or how does that um, As far as I know, it's more for you can look at it. I have my little QR code on my thing. Mm. Um, and if anyone's interested, they can connect with me personally, and it'd probably stay up until the installation ends mm -hmm. and then I could get that to them. Um, but I have that, it's that five series, the hair love mm -hmm. series. Um, and it's actually just going to move from there to in August. I just got um, notified of the Shun Pike okay. storefronts. So yeah, yeah. it's going to be the same series. I think I might make them a little bigger for that. Cause mm -hmm. I'll have a bigger window space, but it'll go back up um at south lake union oh nice for six months that's awesome starting in the end of summer so cool if you miss it and don't get to see it before next month you'll get to see it uh later in the summer heck yeah so what's what's next for you once that series ends until the summertime um right now i'm gonna start working on the big metropole project mm -hmm. i think that's probably gonna take some months to do something that big and be comfortable with 
the work that I'm putting out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause it will live in that building indefinitely. So wow. I just want it to be like, there's no such thing as perfect, but I want to be proud of it. So sure. um, we have that. We have our exhibit in Bainbridge up until also next month. And then we'll have a black history event at the Hyatt in Renton mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of next month. So, yeah, it'll mostly just be pop-ups nice. and creating, mm -hmm. just taking time to create some new stuff. Nice. I feel like I've been recycling some of this stuff yeah. over the past. Like, winter is hard. So. You're telling me, <laughs> you know? as a new business owner, winter, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, winter is tough. So I'm like, I need, like, something new. So I'll probably just go into hibernation in between events mm -hmm. and just work on some new new stuff, see what comes out. And what's, like, your, like, artistic process? Like, do you listen to music? Like, oh, do you yeah. have to have coffee before you work? Or what's that oh, like? Yeah. I have to have coffee before anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, music, I'll just put on, throw on, like, a random playlist. Like, if someone found one of my playlists, they would not know, like, is this person male, female, black, yeah. white? Who is this person? Like, I can literally go from, like, oh, Red Hot Chili Peppers to Kendrick. Like, yeah, yeah. I do it, it all, all the time in the car. My husband's like, really? You're really going to go from, like, Prince to 50 Cent? And I'm like... <laughs> What's wrong with that? Like, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll just literally put my music on, put my phone on, do not disturb. Um, miss a lot of calls, miss a lot of texts, mm. and just remind my family, like, hey, I love you guys. I'm here, but I'm kind of, like, in a zone right now. So, yeah, yeah people are always like, Yolanda never answers her phone. I'm like, you're damn right I don't. <laughs> like, There's something nice about that, though. You don't want to be tight. You want to, like... I struggle with that with editing sometimes too. Yeah. Even. Like, which you should be just focused on, you know, getting the video done. But yeah. Like, oh, maybe I want to. <laughs> I don't know. My editing process is craziness. Sometimes I'm able to like literally like watch a movie and edit at the same time. Yeah. Because there's sometimes there's like there's rendering time. There's probably time at the where you have to wait for paint to dry. Yeah. You know? so yeah. Like... Then I'll throw something on <laughs> like Netflix or something and yeah. just be like, okay, I'll watch this, or I'll put on like. I don't know, it's some random documentary or some UFO stuff that oh, I yeah. can just like listen to without having to watch. Mm -hmm. So it can just be like in the background and I can still paint or do whatever I'm doing. So yeah. What's your like what are your like your hobbies outside of like art? Um, that's a really hard question. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. really do anything. <laughs> really, I would just say I love um being outside. Mm -hmm. So we walk a lot. Um hanging out with my kids hanging out with my husband we'll watch movies we'll go on a binge where we're like like soon we're gonna go on a binge of watching all of like hulk hogan's horrible 80s movies oh gosh it's just gonna be fun yeah and so yeah we'll do stuff like that like oh let's watch you know this jfk thing for three days and try yeah. to figure out who killed jfk oh, like we'll just like do little conspiracy theory type things or yeah really i'm a homebody though mm -hmm. i will support my friends at their art events or i'll support my husband at any event he has going on but other than that i just kind of hang out nice. chill with my mom chill on the phone when i do talk on the phone yeah. the, there's two people that i will give my whole day to on the phone and that's my mom and my big brother nice. like we will be on the phone for like five hours. Sometimes we'll be on like 
a group call and then we're all just on the phone. So, <laughs> and she lives 30 minutes away and yeah, I yeah. still talk to her on the phone yeah. for like three hours. So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. I'll just devote some extra time to like reconnecting with family and stuff. Yeah. Seems like that's important to you. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So with that, what is some uh, final advice you have for up and coming artists, creators, Ooh. influencers? Yeah. I would say, it sounds cliche, but I would say just don't quit. And a big thing that I will say is, like, I know social media is, like, a tool to kind of get out there, get seen, but don't play the numbers game, especially as a creative. That will kill your creativity. If you share something that you're really proud of or you post something that you're really proud of and it doesn't get the engagement that you wanted or that you expected, like who cares like mm -hmm. no one really cares about that you will get seen by who is meant to see you mm -hmm. i've gotten so many opportunities with even having less than like 500 followers mm -hmm. at times like like you will grow organically and that would be my main piece of advice is just focus on growing organically don't worry about numbers don't worry about views or likes or any of that because that will definitely kill your creativity and we don't want that for sure so yeah. and where can people follow you and reach out to you yeah. and also repeat one more time where they can see your installation okay yeah my installation with seattle restored is at uh mason and maine uh 12th and boring and it's like this cool little you're like going down and it's like right in the window there you can't miss it um i'm most active on instagram yolanda underscore gallery with one l that's actually my last name um and then wow. underscore art so yeah my last name is gallery with one l that's amazing yeah it's <laughs> destiny i'm like thanks dad thanks for the cool name like this is great oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah so um yeah you can hit me up i'm very responsive on there i love connecting with people you don't have to just be hitting me up to buy something even if mm -hmm. you want to ask me a question or just whatever like I'm an open book. We don't gatekeep over here. Heck yeah. Um, and I have a website, same name, Yolanda Gallery Art. Heck yeah. This has been the NAS podcast with, and then your camera's right there. Oh. With <laughs> Yolanda. Oops. Yolanda Gallery Art. And we did it.